Hello there, and welcome to another fantastic edition of Interesting Stuff, the homeschool educational supplement where we look at topics that other people don't dare to touch. Something unusual, something special, something interesting, something off the wall. And today we are looking at electronic calculations. So why is this important, I hear you ask? Well, let's dive into the topic and see if we can't unearth something unusual. First, you have to step back in time. Imagine it's the early 1940s, and here we're looking at the time around World War II. In fact, the Second World War is at its height, and scientists in Britain, America, and Germany are striving to build an electronic computer that would help their country to achieve victory. And as always, unfortunately, there's nothing like a war to see a massive advance in technological development. It is so sad, but it is so true. And so a team of British scientists led by mathematician Alan Turing set the pace in December 1943 with the world's first practical computer known as Colossus, which was based at a place called Bletchley Park, which is 47 miles northwest of London. Now Alan Turing was a brilliant mathematician and one of the brains behind the early secret code-cracking efforts of the British government. And it was his work behind the scenes on a device called BOMB, B-O-M-B-E, that helped decode the German military cipher known as Enigma. And this, in many ways, helped the Allied forces to eventually win the war. See, all these little things happen in the background that people don't know about. Yes, the soldiers on the front line are important, but also the people in the back rooms are important as well when they do their jobs. Because all the pieces of the puzzle fit together to make the whole picture. Now, Colossus was called Colossus because, surprisingly, of its vast size. And what did it look like? Well, it contained a photoelectric punched tape reader, which processed around 5,000 characters a second. And its first job was to try to decipher top-secret German military messages. And so this machine had its successes, notably against the Lorenz cipher machine, but it also had its failures. One formidable adversary was a fiendishly clever cipher machine entitled the Siemens Sturgeon, or the Secret Writer. And so I wonder if you had one of those early mobile phones that were a Siemens phone. I wonder if any of that technology actually ended up there. You know, I bet it did. I bet we were able to take something bad and turn it into something good, because we're good at that as a human race. Anyway, it's just another example of how not all wars are won on the battlefield because there's a lot going on in the background and in the training grounds as well. So while the British and the Germans had their code-making machines and their code-breaking machines, 
The Americans were working on something called ENIAC, the Electronic Numeral Integrator and Computer. Ugh, that's a that's a tongue twister. This which was the first fully electronic computing machine, was built to calculate the trajectory of artillery shells. The 30-ton monster was completed at the University of Pennsylvania in 1945. And guess what? It went straight into action. Super. Then we can bomb Europe into peace. Yay! Mm. Tough question, that one, isn't it? Yeah. How do you solve problems after the problems have already started? Anyway... So not only were the Allied forces beavering away, but the Germans were at it too, led by an outstanding scientist named Konrad Zuss, who had fantastically been able to build his own computers. In 1934, taking a little step back in time there, Zuss was at the Technical University of Berlin training to be a civil engineer. This involved a great deal of laborious calculations, and he turned to mechanical ways of doing them. Oh, yeah, you know, I know how he feels, right? You're doing those number-crunching activities, you're, you're working with the figures, and you're thinking, oh, there must be some machine that can do this. Do I really have to do this? You know, and um, that's what he did. He, he built a machine to do the work for him. How cool is that? So he built two prototype machines, the Z1 and the Z2, which stored numbers in binary form. So binary form only has two numbers. Yay, <laughs> that's easy. Zero and one, rather than the 10 of our decimal system. Yep, basically it was an off and on or a yes and no kind of process. I wish everything was like that. Actually, no, I don't. Then life wouldn't be interesting at all. And then we wouldn't have any interesting stuff. So, huh, I take that back. Moving on, impressed by Zeus's ideas, the German Aeronautical Research Institute in Berlin sponsored the production of his third computer, the Z3, which was used to calculate the vibration of airframes under stress. Mm, interesting thing to study. Next, Zeus built a fourth computer known as the Z4 for war service. It was used by the Aerodynamic Research Institute in Göttingen if I pronounced that right, to study the interaction between airflow and the flight of aircraft. And in April 1945, as victorious Russian troops advanced on the city, the Z4 was secretly taken by truck to a house in the village of Hinterstein in the Bavarian Alps. There, it was discovered in a cellar by British and United States soldiers and was later put to peaceful use. Yay! Lucky they didn't destroy it. Because um, I imagine a lot of stuff got destroyed and lost during the war. And it's also interesting that it was secretly moved around because there were a lot of things happening secretly. In fact, the existence of the original Colossus computer or computer systems was kept secret until the mid-1970s. So that's, what is that, 30 plus years later. Only 30 plus years later, the machines and the plans to build them which had been previously destroyed in the 1960s. Yeah, all the original plans for the computers were destroyed in the 1960s. History is wild. History is so crazy. And they were destroyed as part of an effort to maintain the secrecy of the whole computing project. Wow. A lot of people interested in keeping things under the covers there. You know, I wonder what super secrets they have now that we'll learn about in 20 or 30 years. Mm, what could that be? Who knows what lies in our science fiction future? 
Anyway, back to our story. In 1950, the Z4 computer was moved to the Federal Technical University in Zurich, Switzerland. And for the next five years, it carried out various calculations on aerodynamics, whilst at the same time still being studied and copied by various governments and organizations as everybody strived to push the technology forward. Zeus himself went on to set up his own small computer manufacturing company. His Z22 model was one of the first in the world to use transistors. The company itself was later taken over by Siemens. Hmm, There's that name again. Hmm. Yep, that's where your phones came from. And Zeus went back to his research. In the 1960s, his pioneering work was finally recognized through the Western world and he received honorary appointments at the Technical University of Berlin and at Göttingen University. It's just a shame that so many hard-working scientists have to wait so long to be recognized for the work that they do in the background. For instance, did you know that following the end of the Second World War, both the Russians and the Americans and the British were fighting over who was going to employ the German scientists? A lot of them were exported. Can you export people? Um, well, they were given passports to travel to America. And there they worked as part of the NASA organization. You remember those big rockets that the Germans used at the end of the Second World War? Well, they became part of the American space program. So, yeah, once again, turning bad things to good use. And that kind of perspective matters. I think if you can see a bright side for sure it's going to help you. So you got to look for that silver lining in every cloud. And technology may sometimes be more powerful than people, but it will never think for itself. It's still a zero-in-one system program. And that's why things like artificial intelligence are a little bit of an oxymoron. They're kind of a bit of a contradiction because the question is, can things that are artificial, made by man, not real really be intelligent when intelligence is sort of a biological development? It's an interesting question and one that poses a lot of problems for scientists and philosophers. And in the future, we'll see where that leads us. Because it's not all written yet and who knows, maybe things will change. So the wars themselves led to a lot of scientific progress, which is a horrible. Can I say that? Is it horrible? Well, it's a double-edged sword isn't it? Because we had a lot of progress and a lot of development and a lot of understanding, but we also lost a lot of lives at the same time, which is the sad side, really. But then maybe, as they say in some countries, everything bad can be good for something. And I think each person has the opportunity to turn things around and make the best of all possible choices for themselves and the people around about them. And maybe you too, maybe you will one day become a pioneering scientist or a researcher or an explorer or somebody who pushes the limits of everything. And maybe the information you gain will be used to help people. Why not? So thank you. That's it about electronic calculations. I hope there was something at least enlightening for you in that little talk. And if you want me to choose a different subject, let me know and I'll be happy to dive in. As always, you'll find a couple of comprehension questions under the video. And um, feel free to let me know if you liked it or not. 
So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, as always, I wish you a fantastic day. Stay cool and take care.